What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 43 of More Wrestling's podcast. I am here with 2021 Fargo Cadet National Champ for Freestyle, Zach Ryder. How's it going today, Zach? It's going good. Just uh, can't wait to talk with you. Yeah, so first off, congrats on your Cadet Freestyle National title. This Thank was you. one of This is one of the biggest turnouts in Fargo for Team New York for both styles. And correct me if I'm wrong, this was your first freestyle tournament? Yeah, that's correct. It was my first freestyle tournament ever. So what made you want to compete in Fargo? Um, I just like, like my type of style is like all the underhooks and throws. And it was just like, uh, just go out there and have fun. So I did it and just wanted me to go out there and compete and have fun. Uh, so what was your prep like for the tournament? I mean, most guys had the Northeast regionals and or states, but what did you focus on before going out to Fargo? Um, I was only doing it for like three months ahead, of, like just been practicing. I was just like practicing like every day and weightlifting every day and just focusing on the technique for like three months straight. All right. So if I'm not mistaken, uh, you traveled out with the team New York, uh, the girls team and their coaches who also happen to be your coaches as well. Um, how did your week go? Like you guys were there, I want to say on Wednesday, right? And you had two to three days before you competed. Yeah, it was like just uh, just I was doing like conditioning and everything, just getting ready, working on the mindset, everything, eating healthy, just getting prepared for the Fargo tournament. All right, so let's talk about the tournament itself. Your path was not an easy one, uh, but you open up in true Zack Ryder fashion. You dominated the first match, but <laughs> one of your one of your closest matches came in the round of sixty four, wrestling Wyatt Rise of Iowa, who is yeah. on he's on Matt Scout's junior big board honorable mention. Uh, you managed to beat him three to one. I mean, you had solid positioning. There was a push out, and I believe he tried to do an arm throw, and and you you stopped his move. So then you scored the takedown. But uh, you know, you, you kind of slapped yourself in the face a little bit after that, going to shake the official's hand. You know, obviously yeah. you probably weren't happy with that performance. No, not at all. No. Um, so moving on to your quarterfinal match, you beat Georgia's Dominic Bambinelli, who was on Willie's freshman big board at ninety-seven. Uh, you had the Far side, or you went far side cradle, um, and you went for the fall, head in the side cradle, rather, and uh, you secured the All-American status. I mean, though you were the favorite to start the tournament, how did you feel knowing you were an AA in your first freestyle tourney? Um, I wasn't really, uh, like, I wouldn't say surprised, but, like, I wasn't satisfied yet. My main goal out there was, like, going out there and going to get first. So, like, everybody was congratulating me of being All-American, but I was like, I'm not done yet. I got to get first. Yeah. I mean, I was out there as well in Fargo and I mean, I thought like, obviously we didn't, I guess, do as great as a state, um, you know, in cadet freestyle, but we, we did send a lot of hammers and, you know, a lot of the guys did do really well, but I mean, they were a match or two away from all American, but yeah, I mean, that's a big stage and you know, it takes a lot to, to get the job done out there. In the semis, you won five to zero over Nicholas Fox of Iowa. I mean, there was again you were talking about what you're good at, and it's the uh, great positioning. You know, you had the underhooks. I believe you yeah. had two front headlock go behinds, and uh, you know Nick Fox is a another junior big boarder on honorable mention for Willie's Matt Scouts rankings. You know, walking off the mat, you gave Josh Conklin a big flex, which said a lot about <laughs> how you're feeling. But like, again, this is the national finals. Like, you know. How were you feeling after the finals match, knowing you're, you're, you're going further in the tournament? Um, when I knew I was heading to the finals, I felt good. I just um, had to get back to the dorms and get a nice uh, dinner in me, just get get prepared. 
Um, it was an amazing feeling knowing I got that far, but once again, that was I wasn't satisfied yet. Like, yeah, it's the finals, but my main goal was to go out there and just win the whole thing. Nice. That's a nice mindset. I like it. Uh, so you yeah. wrestled in the finals of a lot of tournaments. You know, you obviously were a hammer growing up. You know, you've been in the state finals. Um, but, you know, this being the finals match, our finals match on an elevated map under the lights, arguably on the biggest stage in high school wrestling as far as competitions go, you looked like you were in your element. You know, the smoke was rolling. You walked out onto the mat. Uh, you know, where does that poise come from? Um, I was like, I was like a little nervous, you know, I've, but nerves are good. Um, I usually when I'm on the big stage, I shine. So I just had to stay calm and just shine. Nice. So in the finals, you take on KJ Evans of Oklahoma. He's also an NHSCA champ. Uh, you won it as a freshman at 152. He won it as a sophomore at 152. He's also ranked 99 on the junior big board. Or though the score ended close, you know, I think it was 10 to 9 or something. Um, but you, yeah, dictated, you dictated the pace of the match, you know. You scored the four-point move at the first 30 seconds. Uh, those, the clock struck there when you won 10 to 9. And, uh, you know, another big Zack Ryder flex was well-earned. You became New York's first cadet freestyle natty champ since Frankie Gissendaner and Ja'Cory Teamer did it back in 2016. What does it mean to you to bring home New York's first title in years? Um, means a lot, you know, just uh, it means a lot because, like, I get to motivate the guys from my school, Menacing Valley, and all of New York to just go out and hopefully bring better kids to – not better kids, but, like, just bring more kids out there because some kids might be scared. And now that they see a New York wrestler just won the whole thing, they're going to go out there and give it a shot. So it means a lot that can inspire some kids. Yeah, that was my first trip out to Fargo. And, you know, I, we've obviously sent some studs out there in years past. And uh, it just – it's exciting to see you go out there, your first time out there. And, uh, I mean, obviously you still have – you're a first-year cadet. And, uh, you know, you still yeah. have a lot of years under you. And obviously talking about some of your teammates like P.J. Duke and, and so on. I mean, it's exciting to uh, watch what's next for you guys. But, yeah, that finals match, though, you know, what were you feeling when – Every single time there was a flurry and it went out of bounds, um, you know, he was laying on his back. You were the first one in the center. You know, you were ready to go. He was laying on his back. You feel you, your pace kind of broke him? Yeah, um, 100%. I knew because uh, I watched his film. I knew that um, he was going to take the injury times. That's uh, he just I knew my cardio was better. I just had to believe in it. Uh, I knew I had the pace once he uh, took that first injury time. I don't know how many he took, but. I knew he was going to take the energy times. I watched the films and I just had to be prepared and just get ready to dominate every time he stepped back on the mat. I love it. Uh, so talking about your path, right? You're, you're national champ, but three of the seven wrestlers you beat finished second, third, and fourth, further telling how deep your run was. Um, did you kind of look back and notice that uh, Fox and Baminelli finished third, fourth? Uh, yeah, when I was looking at the pitchers and then I also was watching the Greco uh, finals and everything. And I saw Nicholas Fox, if I'm correct, he was in the finals, right? Yeah, he took Greco. second. Yeah, so I was uh, happy that I got to face those guys and knock them off and have a hard competition. I mean, so I guess talking about Greco for a second, you know, you you said, you know, Fox was in the finals. Um, as far as that match go with him, you, you control positioning, right? So, I mean, that's a big thing with Greco, but obviously Greco is a whole different uh, animal. Um, you know, I think three of the guys that you beat also all American and Greco as well. So we talked about Fox. I just uh, was looking at the bracket and I think Bambinelli and uh, KJ Evans, Evans took fourth and Bambinelli took like maybe seventh, but you know, is wrestling Greco something that you had thought about when you're out there or, 
you were just uh, in town. No, I, I was thinking of it, but like I just got it. I wasn't training for Greco. I was just training for freestyle, really, because I would only do like one Greco practices a day or uh, a week. And it wasn't really my style yet. I mean, I got a lot more training to do with freestyle and Greco, but I just felt like just go out there, wrestle freestyle and just do Greco next year, maybe. Like I wasn't really focused on Greco. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since a New York guy, I think, doubled up both styles. But, uh, you know, and, and my buddy, Chris Adams, he was on the New York staff and, you know, he was telling me every night, he's like, oh, man, I, I'm trying to get Zach Ryder to wrestle with Greco while we're out here. And, you know, it would have been funny or it would have been fun to see, you know, how you would have done. But, yeah, definitely next year would be a, a good opportunity. But, uh, yeah. So with this being your first year as cadet, how exciting is it to think you could chase another title next year and potentially with a high school teammate in PJ Duke? Um, if it's very exciting to know that I'll be on the top of the bracket next year and, um, going back to PJ, um, I hope he comes out here, uh, top or bottom cadet doesn't matter where he's at. I don't really know where he's at and I know that he's going to shine and hopefully we both, uh, bring back some titles from New York. Uh, so talking about high school teammates, Mincing Valley had quite the successful trip along with your title. Sophia Macaluso, she took second in the junior women's freestyle, and Michael Altmer, he finished second in junior Greco-Roman. What does it mean for Mincing Valley and even the underground family to have success you guys did? Um, it just shows a lot. Um, it's like, it's not really for me. It's really for the coaches. It just shows that all their hard work that they put in the room and out of the room, because I got underground and then I got the medicine practices. And we were just training 24-7 every day for this tournament and other tournaments. So it just, like, shows a lot that all our hard work finally paid off. And we weight lift every day, me, Mikey, PJ. Just hard work, it just pays off. So it means a lot seeing that the hard work is uh, showing what we do. So three in the national finals is incredible. You know, and that's not even having PJ Duke and Ethan Gallo competing. You know, what's it like being surrounded by a great practice partners and teammates as well as a part of a great program at Mincing Valley? Um, it means a lot that you have those type of guys because um, like my mom says to me, she says, you show me your five friends, I'll show you your future. So you got those guys around you. You got top guys around you. You know you're going to have a good future. They all give you the evidence. Uh, they give you the advice that you need and you give them the advice that they need and you all just work together and you guys become better together. I love that uh, mindset, you know, that what your mom said, I mean, that's, that's true. You know, looking at your friends is kind of telling your future. Um, that's really nice to hear that. Uh, so let's talk about your high school career this far, you know, growing up in the youth circuit and even now you train at or with underground, which we kind of just talked about, you know, which is a club that has put out some serious hammers. Tell us a little bit about Underground and how did it originate and where is it located? It's actually located. It was at my house. It was in my basement and uh, it got moved to my garage. Um, it first started when we were doing the youth program in Minnesota Valley. And then I forget what happened. And then my dad and uh, my uh, old OG coach that's Underground, uh, Daniel Gallo, me, him, and my dad, they got together and they just said, hey, let's let's run a, like a practice at my house for the first time. And then we got the mats and it just became like a tradition, just the boys coming over and practicing downstairs in the basement every night. That's awesome. I mean, that's kind of like, a, and I, I've heard your facilities are really nice there and talking about another, you know, young hammer, um, 
Bo Bassett, you know, I've seen some of his stuff where that, you know, they've got mats and weight room and all that stuff in their basement and they're up at five in the morning and, you know, kind of talking about what you guys are doing down there underground. So having the success you, you did in peewees, how did you approach taking that to the varsity level right away in seventh grade? Um, I knew that it was obviously going to be a different ball game with all of the kids hitting the puberty and everything. So I just had to approach it one step at a time. Every practice get better, 1% better every day. And I just had to go out there and let it shine. And I let it shine and good things happen that year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of people probably remember your state finals match with Steve-O the most, but that was actually your third match of the season against them. Losing 22-7 yeah. to seven in early December, 10-3 to three at the Eastern States in January, and then 4-3 to three in the state finals. You know, as a seventh grader taking on a returning New York State champ, that has to be a little bit intimidating, but each match with Steve-O got closer. Uh, you know, was that from your confidence growing every time taking the mat? Yeah, 100%. The first time, it was just obviously, I was like, wow, it's Steve-O pulling got to wrestle him uh went out there froze up a little uh obviously text me and then eastern states my mindset was a little bit better i was like all right it's time to shine came short 10 3 or whatever then as soon as i got off the mat i said to my parents i said i'll get him next time and then i saw him at uh the state finals and i came short of my goal but it is what it is it made me a better wrestler and i came back uh next year yeah, I mean, I won't lie. I might have been one of the few hundreds in the stands yelling two on that questionable no call. Um, but, you know, that but that match itself was crazy. You know, he was a obviously YouTube sensation growing up, really good wrestler in the youth circuit. He was a returning state champ. And here's this seventh grader just, I mean, not saying coming out of nowhere, but as far as high school fans go, you know, you were a seventh grader. And I know as the match ended, I mean, I could see hundreds of people. You can even watch it on YouTube. You know, there's people standing up, um, giving you guys a standing ovation. It kind of speaks a lot especially the success you're having right now obviously steve ended as a four-time state champ you know he's going on d1 you know to watch that match is you know i think you were like you said seventh grade i think he was in 10th grade um that's just crazy yeah but i guess part of that is uh you know i think you wrestled chase Liardi at the eastern states as well right and then you beat him in yeah. the state semis yep so i mean that's that's i guess further speaking about your confidence growing um, but yeah, let's move on to your eighth grade season. You know, you, you move up, for, you're us 106. Now you're at 126, your eighth grade season. You know, I'm sure after seventh grade season, your eyes were still set on being a five-time New York state champ. Yeah. Um, what, if anything was different about being in the state finals, your eighth grade year, having already experienced it? Um, it was a little different because, uh, you know, you had a little pressure to get there because you were returning state finalists. And uh, this time I was in the finals. Um, I obviously knew I had a good opponent and I just had to just, I had to be calm and just trust my technique and everything. Um, and I just had a lot of more supporters in my corner this time. And I was training a lot more. So I was more confident during the finals. And then I went out there and I put a show on. Yeah, you did put a show on. Um, so after locking up the far side cradle to start the third period and getting the fall over George Arajo of, of Syosset, you know, you gave the, a big flex to the crowd. You win your first state title. What were you thinking when the refs left the mat? Uh, if you, I don't know if you saw, but when I first got up, my mouth was like wide open and like disbelief. Mm -hmm. And it was just like amazing feeling because uh, I was working out every day with my uh, old trainer, Kelly Sullivan. And we'd, oh my God, we would train down there for like two to three hours every day. And then I'd go to wrestling practice, like 
some of the days, the weeks, and just all like the hard work and everything that I did for that season and that moment, it just just like came into that one moment and everything every day everybody did for me, my parents, coaches, everything. It just it was just like there and it was just such an amazing feeling winning that and just knowing that I was the New York State champion. Yeah. After, so after winning your state title, you know, March came and COVID shut things down for a while. You know, how did you spend those next few months? Um, I uh, just really was focusing on um, obviously the school year, just finishing off strong. And then went to summer, PJ moved down here, started training with him religiously down in the gym of mine. Every day we weightlifted, then uh, we would just roll around sometimes, go to different clubs, um, just just wrestling, weightlifting, and also having fun, obviously, because it's summer. Then uh, just focusing on the tournaments, and then I had Super 32, and then I was 3-0 and there, and then tournament meniscus, the fourth match, so I couldn't finish, really. And then after that, I was just focusing on everything else that I had planned for me was the journeyman states had to focus on just everything and it was just wrestling weightlifting focusing on myself body mental health all that yeah so let's back that up before super 32 um i don't know if you've wrestled prior to this tournament but the next time i saw you was seven months after the state tournament at the battle in the berg and you know this time you're up at 152 pounds from your 126 pound state title that you won seven months prior yeah. uh you, you would think bumping up nearly 30 pounds and running into some upperclassmen in, into the upperclassmen weight would slow you down, but that wasn't the case. You know, with, with your style of wrestling, how did you take on the challenges of going 152? Oh, I battled, uh, really just had it once again, the mindset's everything. Just had to come out there with a strong mindset, believe in my strength. I, I knew these guys were going to be a lot bigger than me because I believe the Battle of the Bird, the weight class was 155, and I weighed in at like 151 at that tournament. So I obviously knew that it was going to be like a tough tournament and the weight class was going to be bigger. And obviously I had the haters saying, Oh, he's not going to perform well. He got the bigger weight classes and their men, just like they said about 126. But I went out there and I proved them wrong once again. Yes, you did. Uh, so you had a few impressive wins at that tournament. You won 12 to two over New York state place finisher, Caleb Burgess. You won eight to zero over PA placer, Carter Gill. And you won three to two over Nick Vafiadis of Virginia, which I think he was like top 10, Definitely yeah, like top five 15, at the time, top five at the time in the country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a huge win. I, I watched a few of your matches down there. I think you wrestled Carter bear at that tournament. Yeah. Um, so what did you take away from that tournament when, you know, having those three wins, you know, I mean, you obviously had more wins than that, but those three big wins. Um, I really took away that I can be at any weight class that I want to be and perform well. Um, just had to get used to the weight class. It was a pretty solid tournament. Uh, happy that I finally got on the rankings, but wasn't satisfied yet. I was only ranked like 20th and rankings really don't mean anything, but I really wasn't satisfied with my wrestling. Felt like I could have done better. So moving on, you talked about the super 32. Um, let's talk about the, the season itself, the high school season. You know, what kind of season did you guys have down there in section nine? If any, uh, we only had like, like a two week season or something like that. It was only four matches and like, two of the matches were forfeits of mine. And then I had two other matches and I pinned those kids in like two seconds or something like that. But yeah, see, not much of a season. Yeah. It was a really short season, sadly. All right. So in April, you were fortunate enough to have a New York state championship. Actually, we were all fortunate enough and it was put on yeah. by journeyman slash Rudis, you know, breezing into the finals, you face a familiar foe in Caleb Burgess. 
And it was a match that was, you know, you guys both have similar stylistic matchups. Um, you're both in the face, kind of tough wrestlers. You know, you were able to hit a slide by or, or a shrug in the last 30 seconds for a go-ahead takedown and went three to one, being crowned a New York State champ. Zach and I, my uh, partner on this podcast, we have mentioned on the show numerous times that looking back five to 10 years from now, you know, we're going to consider this a true state championship. Why was it important for you to be able to have that event? Oh, it was uh, really important because I that was always been my goal to be a six-time, five-time, whatever state champ. Um, and they gave me the opportunity to um, be like a five-time state champ because honestly, I count it because it, it was probably harder than states because you got the division one and two combined. So it really meant a lot that Rudis and Journeyman put it together for me to get my opportunity to be a five-time state champ. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I was pumped and like like we've been talking about, I mean, looking at that weight, you know, the depth, I guess some some weights might not have been there, but like the top two or three guys, maybe in four or five, I know, you know, they were there. I think there was a guy that took third in the States in 2020 and he didn't even place uh, at the Journeyman State Tournament. So yeah, you know, it, it was a tough tournament and, you know, I, I'll consider that for years to come. But uh, you yeah. went on to walk through the freshman NHSEA national title. And you, you know, you built up the ranking to, I think you ranked seventh in the country by Willie Saylor on Matt Scouts. And you're ranked fourth yeah. overall in the class of 2024. Add your Fargo title and you should be noticed by a lot of coaches. You know, I know it's still early for you, but, you know, have you thought about places you would like to attend or, you know, maybe conferences or what, what, whatnot? Yeah. Um, uh, just like all the Big Ten schools, you know, Iowa, NC State, Penn State, Oklahoma, just wherever. I just got to see if, if any of those coaches will contact me, and then you just make the decision that feels right. Nice. Uh, so to end this with a few fun questions, um, you know, I guess we ask all of our guys on this show, you know, what, what's your favorite post-weigh-in meal? Um, mine is <laughs> mine is a bacon cheeseburger with french fries and ah, uh, 12 barbecue boneless wings. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. So growing up, who was your favorite wrestler? The first one's got to be a, a section nine or a New York guy. And the second one's maybe an NCAA guy. Um, the section nine wrestler really was um, Michael Choppy. He's a kid that graduated. He was a, uh, he got second in New York state. I don't know if you guys know him. He's yeah, uh, I know him. from Minnesota. Yeah. Cause he took second and he was, always, he was always like my older brother. So I always looked up to him while uh, growing up and he grew up and just him winning a lot. And then my NCAA one is a, uh, it was probably like Jordan Burroughs or like Kale Sanderson, just like looking up to him as a coach and everything. Um, I liked Ed Ruth. I liked his wrestling style when he was wrestling. Yep. And yeah. All right. So uh, this is kind of my key question that I asked. You know, I kind of put a little clip out after this. Um, you know, what advice would you give to wrestlers making those 20 to 30 pound leaps in an off season? Uh, just uh, believe in yourself, believe in your training. Don't listen to any of the haters. They have no say on you. It's just you against all and your family and everything. Just don't listen to the haters. Just block the hate out and use them as motivation. Block out the haters. All right. Yeah. Um, so what's next for Zach Ryder? Probably Super 32. All right. Yeah. Good luck. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, thank you. That about covers it for me. Thanks again for tuning in. Peace out. Peace out.